good to see everybody here. Um, welcome back. Get to gather in person for the first time in a couple of weeks. So is everybody glad to be here? Okay. You know, through the course of the morning, I was you know, wondering, I'm going to have to face over here mostly because most of you are sitting over here. And we've got a little light on this side, so I have to make sure I remember to look over this way every now and then and say hi to you guys. <clears throat> so, um, The last song that Jamie just finished up with there, um, Silent Night, that actually is probably my favorite Christmas song of all time. Um, it actually makes me think to, um, back to my youth, which was a while ago now. Um, we had a little white church, plastic church that used to sit on the stand, and you wind it up, and it played Silent Night. And I just remember sometimes just laying there, you know, looking at the tree, looking at that, and listening to that song, and just, you know, the peace that it talked about. Um, and actually, it was one of my, part of one of my scariest memories of Christmas also. I was laying there one time listening to that, looking at the tree, and I had a piece of hard candy in my mouth, and I choked on it. So it's got a little bit of a bad memory to it, but mostly a very good memories on that. Um, this morning I want to talk to you about um, gifts. I mean, we're two days removed from Christmas, right? Anybody get any gifts? Okay. Anybody give gifts? Okay, hopefully. Um, so <laughs> one of the things I want to talk to you about with the gifts is we need to think of a lot of different things that are gifts in our lives. Um, one of them is just the fact that we're able to gather here this morning together. That's a gift. Okay? Those of you that are gathering with us online, you know, welcome. Is that that's a gift that the technology that we have today, we're able to gather together even if we're not in the same room. So welcome to everybody. Um, one of the things that we've been talking about through this month of December is, you know, what day is it? That was kind of the theme of December. And since this is the last Sunday in December, um, what day is it? And to answer that question is um, Psalm 118, verse 24, it says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice in it and be glad in it. Okay? If you read that scripture, it doesn't go on to say only when things are looking good. Okay? This is the day that the Lord has made, and we need to be able to say that every single day. No matter what the world's doing, no matter what's happening in our lives, is Psalm 118.24 says, we will rejoice. doesn't say, there's no, you know, little notes on the end of it saying, only when things are good or they're doing how you want them to be done. We will rejoice in the Lord. So every single day that we have, um, Scott this morning said, we're on the right side of the grass. Okay? So every day that we wake up and we can take a breath and we can give the breath back to God, it's a good day to rejoice. So every single day is a gift from God that we have while we're walking this earth. One of the things that you're going to see through you know, the course of the teachings and that that we're going to be doing is I'm going to be calling you to action. You know, 2020 has been an odd year. It's been one of the strangest years that I've lived through. Um, a lot of people were less active than normal. Um, the church was less active than normal in a lot of cases. And so I'm going to be challenging you through the course of this morning to be more active in ways maybe than you've ever been before. And one of those, it's a relatively simple thing, is how many of you have one of these things with, with you right now? Okay, hold it up. Okay, all right. So those of you that aren't holding anything up, do you have the Bible on a device? 
Okay, everybody hold your devices up that you have your Bible on. Okay? My challenge to you is let's be more deliberate about embracing the love of God, the gifts of God. And you may never have thought about it, but this is a gift. Okay, whether you gave it to yourself or somebody bought it for you, whatever it happens to be, this thing is a gift from God that we need to be more deliberate in making use of it. And so my, I guess I will ask you, is when you come to church on Sunday, when you come to a Bible study, when you go to a home group, stop depending on that little device that you're holding in your hand. Let's get back to using this thing because this is a more deliberate action saying that we need the Word of God to be present in our lives. Um, you know, those of you that are on your devices, I'm not going to yell at you too harshly for it, but at least you've got the Bible, right? But this takes a little bit more action. You have to think about it a little bit more. When you leave the house in the morning, it's easy to just grab your phone, your pad, whatever it happens to be, stick it in your pocket and not think too much more about it. But this is a deliberate act of saying, this is how important the Word of God is to me, that I'm going to make an extra step. I'm going to do a little more effort to make sure this is with me at all times. So That's part of my harsh message that I'm going to bring to you this morning. How many of you don't have any Bible at all? Is there anybody sitting in here right now that does not have an actual paper Bible? Everybody has one? All right, good. So... The next part of that question, then, is how many of you have opened them recently? Um, those of you that are in the ISIM classes, you know, one of the things that I always challenge the students in the ISIM class with is, you know, how many of you have read your Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation? Um, it's something that we all need to do. It's something that you, you know, really should want to do. Um, one of the students took it very seriously um, last spring, and they started reading their Bible from you know, Genesis, and they got through the Old Testament and just finished up a little while ago, um, had never read the entire Old Testament before. So that's one thing that you need to do is the gift of God is something that we need to keep opening up. We need to allow him to t teach us from it. Um, you can see all these little, you know, fake gifts sitting around. You know, I will say that these are fake gifts. There's nothing in there in case anybody thought those were going to be given out at the end of the service here. Um, but also we got over there the manger that was up on the hill, those of you that came into the drive-in service, that's the manger that, again, this is another example of gifts right here in a lot of different ways. You know, the obvious one is that it represents where Jesus was laid the night he was born and the gift that God gave us as, you know, people. Um, but also this manger sitting here right now, it also represents gifts of people in this congregation, that we had a couple that built this and made it for the production. So they used the gifts that they had to be able to measure and cut wood and, you know, stain it to give the gift for the production for the drive-in service. And so those are some of the things I'm going to be telling you to look into is stop thinking that gifts are just something that you can actually physically hold. You know, there's a lot of different types of gifts that are out there. Um, with the people in this church, the congregation that we've had here, um, we have a lot of different things that were do done over these last couple of weeks leading up to Christmas. Um, some of you gave of your finances, some of you gave of your time, your talents, and um, coordinated a number of baskets of food that were put together to give to people. Um, I think there was about 10 different families that were blessed by this. 
is it just basket of food that was good for you know the breakfast, lunch, and dinner for a family for one whole day was given out before Christmas. And this was people that you know maybe had lost their job because of the downturn in the economy, um, struggling in just different ways. So people blessed them by just taking of their own time and resources and gathering up these baskets of food. Um, another example of that was the hub and how it's being utilized out there that we now have a group that's been coming in and throwing cornhole. You know? And they decided that you know, they would take of the time and the talents that they have that you know, they've accumulated extra bean bags. And they raffled them off and they were able to raise close to, I think it was $1,700 by raffling off bean bags. And they took that money and instead of buying new fancier boards or anything, is they went to that money and they bought presents and they brought food. And I think they were able to bless five different families with presents, with food for the holidays. So just different examples of way that people are taking the time and the talents that they have and giving gifts to people. Um, another example of a gift that is happening right now, um, Pastor Rick right now is down in Pittsburgh. And part of the gift that God has given him is the talents and the, um, the desire, the things that he's put on his heart, is the church is enabling him to step away from the responsibilities here at this church and lead into full-time missionary work as president of ISA. And so his heart and his desire is to take his talents and the gifts that God has given him and reach the nations. And so he's going into that full-time, and the church is enabling him to do that. And so what that's going to require is that all of us are going to have to step up also. For him to be able to fulfill his desire and the plans and the purposes that God has given him, we have to also step up. Okay. Part of the reason I'm up here today is for that very reason, is that God has given me talents and ability to teach to some degree, and so I'm up here doing that. Every single one of you has gifts and talents that God's put inside of you. The question is, what are you doing with them? And we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, So the gifts that we're talking about with, you know, all these different ways that gifts can take different forms, what is the greatest gift ever? Okay. Was it Jesus' birth? Okay. Okay. There's a lot of different answers to that, isn't there? Okay. So the greatest gift is what, what I'm going to tell you about the greatest gift of all is that it's multifaceted. Okay, there is not one particular aspect that you can say is the greatest gift. And again, pointing over here to the manger, you know, Christmas a couple days ago, um, we celebrate what happened, what this manger was used for, is that Christ was put in a manger, right? And that the shepherds knew to go look for him there. And his birth was amazing. I mean, it was a miraculous birth. There's never been a birth like his ever. You know, no one else has ever been born of the Holy Spirit in the way that Christ was, okay? But billions of babies have been born, right? Okay? Billions and billions of babies have been born over the years. His birth was special, but it wasn't special enough that God took a lot of time and talked about it. 
If you look in the Bible and you read how many verses are dedicated to the birth of Christ, not very many, right? Okay. So his birth was important, but it was only part of the greatest gift ever. He walked the earth for 33 years, taught the disciples, he did miracles, he did healings, he did all kinds of things to show people the love of God. Okay. That was part of the gift. Okay. His dying on the cross, okay, the cross is important. You know, we've got the cross represented back there behind the screen. His dying on the cross, have you ever thought of death as a gift? Okay, if you haven't, you should. Because if Christ had not died, all of this would be unimportant. You know, we wouldn't have the Bible. We wouldn't have the things that we're able to celebrate today. Because if he had not died on the cross for our sins, there would be no reason for him to have been born in the first place. So his death, a horrible death on the cross, was actually a gift to us. And so we need to see it as that, that his, you know, his death was for a purpose. It wasn't the full gift yet, though. Because if he had only died on the cross and not been resurrected, again, would any of it have meant anything? Okay? His resurrection from the dead, because he was guiltless. You know, his death was a substitution for us, right? Because in our sins, you know, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is what? So every single one of us sitting here right now and through all of history deserves to die because of the sins we have committed. Okay? There's nothing we can do that we can't live long enough, we can't give enough away, we can't do enough things to earn salvation. We can't earn a reconciliation with God on our own merits and our own abilities. And that's where Christ came in, that he was born in the manger. He lived a sinless life, walked the 33 years, and then was tried and convicted of our sins and put on the cross as a substitution so that you and I don't have to die for our sins. But we have to repent of our sins and ask him into our heart to cleanse us of those sins so that we can be put in a right standing with God. So he died for us. He died in our place. But then he also, because of his sinlessness, he was able to be resurrected into newness of life. And so his resurrection, again, was an important part of the gift of God. But it wasn't the end of it either. Because what happened when he was resurrected? Did he stay on the earth? Where was he resurrected to? He was resurrected back to the right hand of the Father in heaven. And again, think about it from Jesus' perspective for a little while. Jesus had perfect fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Perfect communion, perfect harmony, all was in unity he didn't have to leave his place in heaven. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to give up that perfect fellowship that he had. But because God so loved us, you know, everybody knows John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right, that he did what? He gifted, let's change the word a little bit. He gifted his only begotten son that whoever believes on him should not perish and have eternal life. So part of the gift was, the death. It was the love that God had for us so much that he took his son and said, you have to leave. And, you know, and Jesus, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, was under torment that he had to be separated even further from the Father. Because even while he was walking the earth as a man, his Father's presence was still there with him. But he knew there had to come a point on the cross when the weight of sin, when the burden of sin 
would have, the Father would have to turn his back on him, that his presence would be totally removed from Jesus. And that's the torment that he was in. And, you know, we all know what he said. He said that if there's any other way that this can be done, Father, but there isn't. So your will be done. And he, you know, submitted to dying on the cross for our sins. So his death was part of the gift. His resurrection was part of the gift. But again, it didn't end there because Jesus in his form as a man was limited. He could only be in one place at a time. When he went to be with the Father, we have the promise of what happened after that. And when he went to the Father, what did he say would be done? He would send who? He would send the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit can be with all of us. He's not limited in time and form as Jesus was when he was in the form of the man. So the Holy Spirit was part of the gift, and that, that's the gift that we're embracing right now, is that Jesus' birth was great. It had to be done. His living and walking out the you know, 33 years was part of it. His death and his resurrection were all part of it. But again, all of it would have been of no consequence to you and I if the Holy Spirit hadn't come. And so part of the greatest gift that God has given is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we're told with that that you know, Jesus said, you know, in John 16, 7, he gave this promise. He said, truly, I tell you, it is good for you that I'm going away, because if I don't, the helper, the Holy Spirit, won't come. And if I go away, I will send him to you. And so that is the part that we need to embrace, is that the Holy Spirit has been sent to help us walk this life out. You know, that we've got the teachings of Christ, we've got the words of Christ in the Bible from, you know, Genesis through Revelation, and it's just like any other gift, though. You know, the gift of salvation, you hear it's phrased that way a lot of time. The gift of salvation, right? Is it something that you have to do? Can I force anybody to get saved? Okay? For example, I've got a gift right here. Okay? If I give this to one of you and you just leave it like this, is it of any benefit to you? Okay? This is not a fake gift. There's not a, you know, an empty box in here. There's actually something in here. And so if I give it to somebody and you just leave it like that, leave it sitting on your table all the time, what benefit does it do you? Okay. If the gift is opened up and you find out what it is and it's something that you can use in your life, then it has value, right? Think of your Bible the same way that I was talking about before. If you have a Bible and you bring it here and just carry it around, you look religious, right? Okay. But if you don't actually open this thing up and read it and apply it to your life, it's of no benefit for you to have it around. You know, the Bible on your phone does you absolutely no good if you just have it on your phone and you don't ever open the thing up and read it. Um, Reinhard Bonnke, um, pretty pretty famous and powerful evangelist died a couple years ago. Um, he has one of the teachings that we have in the ISIM classes on power evangelism. And one of the illustrations he talked about was that the gospel is like a bar of soap. Okay? If you have a bar of soap and someone hands it to you, but you don't apply it, it does absolutely no good for you. you know, if you've been out working in the, you know, the hot summer weather, which isn't right now, you're all sweaty and dirty. Somebody can hand you a bar of soap and you 
if you just hold it, it doesn't do a lot for you. You have to apply it. You have to lather yourself up and clean yourself off. And that's what the Word of God is, is if you just have this thing in your house sitting on a shelf gathering dust, if you just carry it around with you for looks, it's doing you absolutely no good. Okay? You actually have to open this thing up, read the passages, and apply them to your life and say, these are the things that I need to change in my life. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, is it says that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. He'll teach us what we need to know. He'll teach us the things that we need to change in our lives and not just continue to go on the same way we've always been. And so the passages that are in there are for our benefit. They're not to you know, bring us condemnation. They're not to make us feel bad about ourselves. They're there to change us into the image of Christ. And one of the key scriptures, and we're talking about gifts, um, is in Romans 12 too. Um, one of the gifts that he talks about is that the Holy Spirit is going to teach us, he guides us, and he transforms us into the image of Christ. In Romans 2, 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. And that's been a scripture that's, again, very commonly talked about, but it's something that um, is not understood very well. One of the classes, again, that we've been teaching recently um, called the Conquer Series they actually take brain scans and show them to you during the course of the class, and they show you the brain scan of a what is considered a normal, healthy person, and the brain scan has a certain appearance. And then they show you the brain scan of a heroin addict, and they show you how deformed and how changed the brain is in a person that's an addict. And they actually took this same scan, and they took it like somebody that's addicted to pornography, and the brain scan looked exactly like the heroin addict's. And so they took that physical evidence, that scientific evidence of how the brain can be changed and malformed because of addictions that we have in our lives, sin that we have in our life, and how it changes it and corrupts it. And so when you read Romans 12, 2, and it says that we need to renew our mind, that's evidence of how the brain can actually change in its physical makeup based on addictions. And so when Romans 12, 2 says we need to not be conformed to the ways of the world, but renew our minds, that's what it's talking about is we need to have our mind renewed, healed, and changed back into the pattern of Christ. And so that when the things that we think about, the things that we say, they're coming out of a healthy mind, a Christ-like mind. But if we don't allow that to happen, if we don't apply what the Word of God says, the brain stays malfunctioning, malformed. And again, it's not going to be as healthy, and we're not going to be able to represent Christ the way that we should. So the Holy Spirit is part of God's gift to walk out this life in. And so the Holy Spirit himself is a gift. But do you also know that the Holy Spirit brings gifts with him? If you turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 1, and I know I don't give you a lot of time to actually look up your scriptures, but um, doing a pretty good job up in the booth finding them quickly for me. But in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, it talks about the Holy Spirit, and it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. Don't you love it when God tells you not to be ignorant? Okay? He doesn't want us to be ignorant because he wants us to have the fullness of his life. He wants us to understand all the things that he's given us. And it's like having a toolbox. If you have a toolbox, but you only know how to use your hammer, you're ignorant of all, how all the other tools work, you're not going to be a very good carpenter. 
And so God's telling us here that he doesn't want us to be ignorant of the gifts that the Holy Spirit is bringing. And in verse 4, it says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. So a lot of different types of gifts, not just a hammer. There's all kinds of different tools in the toolbox. So we have to learn what each one of them is. And then going on in verse 7, it says, the gifts of the spirit are given to each of us for the benefit of all. Okay, key part of the verse right there is that the Holy Spirit brings gifts for us to use, not for our benefit, but for the benefit of who? Everybody else. And so as we're sitting here right now, each and every one of you have gifts and talents that God has given you, unique to who you are. I mean, we've got a family sitting right across here and, you know, two of the daughters, okay? Unique gifts, unique gifts, okay? Do you have the same talents as your sister? Okay, why? Put you on the spot, Ellen. <laughs> as you, because you're not the same person, because God has a different purpose for your life than he does for Sophie's, okay? Tammy, Dave, every single one of us is unique. You know, God is so creative that he has made billions and billions of people, and none of us have ever been alike. You know, the fingerprint thing is what most people know about, is that of the billions of people that God has created, there's never been two thumbprints the same. Amazing. Okay, but that's how creative he is. But every single one of us has gifts and talents inside of us. God wants you to discover what those gifts and talents are for the benefit of all. Because if you're sitting here not using the gifts and the talents that God's given you, you're actually robbing the body of Christ of some of its benefits, some of its function. And so that's going to be a part of my challenge as we you know, finish up here now, is for you to discover what the gifts and talents are inside of you so that God can use you to make this a healthier body. And some of the, in going on in verse 7, um, some of the gifts that are listed there are the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, the gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits and different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So those are some of the gifts that the Holy Spirit brings for us. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't need gifts. He's already you know, part of the Godhead. He's you know, the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts to function in this lifetime. We need those gifts so that we can function as ambassadors and representatives of Christ. Because if we just try and do these things on our own strength and talents, we're going to fall short every time. So we need to be led by the Holy Spirit in the things to say, the things that you know, we pray for. You know, that when we see somebody, um, those, many of you remember you know, um, Nathan used to sit over here, Steve Ryan's son used to sit over here. And the common thing with a lot of people would see Nathan is, well, they're going to go pray for him for him to get out of the wheelchair. Okay? And Steve said on a lot of different occasions, his father, that that's not what Nathan needs prayer for. Because Nathan was very spiritual. You know, Steve talked about him seeing angels, that you know, Nathan would see angels all the time. And so part of Steve's saying, I don't want him to not see angels, so don't pray for him to be healed in a way that he's not going to see the angels anymore. And so when we're seeing people, we need to stop seeing them with our eyes so much, and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit to know what they need prayer for. Stop just assuming that we know things, that we do that so much as we'll assume things about other people based on what our senses tell us. But we need to be relying more on the Holy Spirit 
and all the gifts that he's bringing to us so we know how to pray for people, know what to pray for people. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are things that we need to know about. We need to not be ignorant of the gifts so that we can know what's in our toolbox. And the gifts will operate when you ask for them and when you need them. Because all the gifts are available at all times, but when the right gift is needed, it's available right then also. It's not something that you constantly have to be walking around, you know, trying to bring healing to people. It's like when God directs you, that's the time to do it. Is not, you know, Jesus did not heal every single person he met, did he? He met the ones his father directed him to bring healing to. Because at that time, it would bring glory to the Father. So what I want you to do right now, just momentarily, is everybody close your eyes. We've been talking about gifts. We've been talking about the greatest gift of all time, which was Christ and all the facets of you know, his life and his birth. Um, and I want you to imagine yourself looking at yourself in a mirror. Okay, and the person that you're seeing in the mirror right now is I'm going to tell you right now, the person you're seeing in the mirror right now is the greatest gift right now. Because what better gift does this world get than a spirit-filled, redeemed, reconciled person that's going to give themselves totally over to God? So the gifts that you've got inside of you right now, they're not for you. They're for the world. They're for the body of Christ. So as you're imagining yourself looking in the mirror right now, you are the gift that this world needs right now. The talents that you have, the resources that you have, all the things that God has made you are what he wants you to bring to the world. And so as we approach, you know, December 27th right now, a few more days we'll be celebrating a new year, and everybody gets excited about that. Some people do resolutions, some do vows that they're going to do things differently. And one of the most common things that I hear, and Barna backs us up, George Barna, the poll taker, is that one of the most common resolutions that people, that Christians make is, January 1, I'm going to start reading my Bible more. I'm going to pray more. But that doesn't last very long because the dedication's not there. The desire isn't there. During the announcement, Steve talked a little bit about ISM classes, and we'll be starting those back up. And I encourage every single one of you that if you've not taken any of the ISM classes, that this is a good opportunity to do it. And that we've talked about, you know, 2020 being a year of less activity, inactivity in a lot of cases. Let's make 2021 a year of action. Let's do things differently than we've ever done them before. The ISM classes are a good way because it's a dedicated time. It's something that you set aside and say, I will be here one time a week for 10 weeks to learn more of the Bible, to learn more about who I am, the things that are in me. And so I really encourage you, if you have any questions on that, um, I'll be at the info table and you can ask me some questions or sign up the, the information's there. But as we close up tonight or today, it seems like it should be night because a Christmas Eve type service um, as we close today I'm going to open up the altar and anybody that wants to come up is welcome to come up and I'm going to ask the elders um, just so we get an idea of who the elders are that are in the church today because we're going to be part of the team that's you know leading the church into its new season um, AJ on keyboards is one of the elder elders um, Jeff Ekstrom 
one of our elders, and then Dave Blicker, the ones that are here this morning. Um, Brian Adelgren, Kurt Sturzenbecker, and me, okay, um, are the elders. And so I'm going to ask Dave and Jeff to come on up front. And as I open up the altar, there's three specific groups of people that I am inviting to be up here this morning. Everybody's welcome, but there's three specific groups of people that need to be up here this morning. The first group is anybody in here that does not have Christ as a personal Savior. You need to take the time you need to come and repent of your sins and ask Jesus into your heart. So if that's any of you right now, come up forward and Dave and Jeff will be here to pray with you, talk to you. The second group of people that I'm inviting up here this morning are those of you that may not know what the gifts and talents that you have are. And you need to find out what they are. You need to have God reveal to you what he has put inside of you, what gifts and talents has he put inside of you so that you can be free to start using those gifts and talents. And don't think that what you have, the gifts and talents that you have are not, are not important. Because if God gave it to you, it is important. It has to be used for the body of Christ to be whole and healthy and functioning in the way he wants it to. So if there's some of you sitting here this morning that don't know what your gifts and talents are, come forwards and seek God on that. And then the third group of people I'm inviting up this morning are those of you who know what your gifts and talents are, but you've neglected to use them or you've been resistant in using them. Um, one of the things that I was speaking to someone earlier this morning and they said what the church needs to do, and I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, is the church needs to get off its lazy butt and start doing what God created us to do. And I will directly say this, and um, you can argue with me if you want, but a lot of the problems in the world right now today are because the church has been lazy. The church has not done what it was created to do. And we've allowed the world to dictate what's right and what's wrong and what they consider the truth to be. So I'm again, the challenge for everybody is 2021, let's be different. Let's not be a status quo church. Let's do things differently than we've ever done before. And that starts with the individual, is that we need to take the gifts and the talents that are inside of us and become the gift that God wants to give back to the world. So I'm going to close with that. Again, come forward to the altar if you feel that you need to or that you should. And let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ and all the things that his life and his death and resurrection mean to us today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit being here with us right now, that your name is holy and it will be exalted above all other names. As we go into the new year, Lord, we celebrate that you've given us another day, another time just to be in your presence, to glorify your name in all that we say and do. Lord, we will not be shy. We will not be timid in proclaiming the good news of Christ. Lord, go and be ambassadors of Christ, representatives of him in this world today. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.